welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast is an edited recording from our all-age Sunday morning service held on June 25th, 2023. For news and information and to find out how to join us, please visit www.stjamesleith.org.uk. So today really is to raise our awareness about the refugee crisis that's happening uh, in the world. Um, Edinburgh uh, is uh, fairly sporadic um, in terms of dealing with it. It's all over the place, to be honest, but the dots are beginning to be joined. There's a a new Scots steering group that are trying to bring all the different volunteer groups um, together. So um, last week, um, the children um, were learning about Abraham and how he chose to move at God's command with all his riches and his belongings. And And so we had our tents outside and it was comfortable and nice. But today we've turned our tents into a refugee refugee tents and around there you will find um, uh, information about refugees and there are some very moving stories that you might want to read. And the pictures are pictures of of artists that have gone into refugee uh, camps and painted their pictures. So so do take some time over coffee to, to have a look at that. Um, and uh, and uh, as we think about our topic today. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, our intercessory prayer is really scattered uh, throughout the service. So let's start our service in the usual way uh, with a moment's quiet and invite those people at home to light their candles as a symbol of joining with us in our worship. Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we gather in one heart and mind to pray for all the families and individuals who have left or fled their country, their land, their homes, seeking safer and better lives. We lift up to you their hopes and dreams, their fears and anxieties, and all their needs and necessities and that they may be protected on their journeys, their dignity and rights may be fostered, honored and upheld, and they may be welcomed with open arms into generous and compassionate communities. All these we ask through our Lord Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit forever and ever, amen. So please stand if you are able uh, for our opening song, God welcomes all strangers and friends. God's love is strong and it never ends.
So trusting in God's forgiveness, let us now in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to one another and may all that is unfree in you be released and may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. Jesus said, I was hungry and you gave me food. We see the face of Christ in all. Jesus said, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. We see the face of Christ in Jesus said, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. We see the face of Christ in Jesus said, I was naked and you gave me clothing. We see the face of Christ in all. Jesus said, I was sick and you took care of me. We see the face of Christ in all. Jesus said, I was in prison and you visited me. We see the face of Christ in And Jesus said, in as much as you did to one of these, considered to be the least important, you did it to me. We see the face of Christ in all. So before we sing our song, um, let us take a few moments to set the scene. Now the children of Israel had been carried away into captivity by the Babylonians, and they have gathered by the great river where large willow trees grow, and they sat down and cried crying because so many loved ones had died, crying because houses and possessions have been destroyed, crying because the future doesn't look the way they hoped it would look, crying out of exhaustion, crying out of homesickness. And to add insult to injury, their enemies want them to sing and to entertain them, but they have nothing left. They have hung their small harps on the willow trees. The harps are still there, but they remain silent. 
There is no song inside. All songs have faded. There is a thick lump in the throat. Singing is not possible, only crying. How to sing a song of God in a foreign land. How to praise God when circumstances are that, that are that miserable. In asking these questions, a new song does arise, and it's a sad song, a lament. But it is a song. The harps are still there. They're awaiting brighter days. They will be played again. got an assistant here that you can't see. <laughs> and I have a funny feeling he'll be checking on my reading skills. <laughs> the reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 18 and verses 1 to 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favour with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, 
and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, There, in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I've grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh yes, you did laugh. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Now this story reminds us about the importance of hospitality. The instruction to show hospitality to strangers is a recurrent theme in the Bible. It was an expectation in the ancient world. The biblical instructions to love the stranger, respect the rights of foreigners, to ensure the fair treatment of those at risk of oppression, and the reminder that you were once strangers in Egypt makes migrant protection the most repeated commandment in the Bible. And there's probably two reasons for this. The first, that it's important. And the second is that human beings are very bad at doing it. And we need to be reminded again and again. The blessing given to those who offer hospitality is well known. Just as those three visitors to Abraham are understood to be representation of God, the litany that we joined together in earlier reminds us that Christ himself is there in the place of the stranger. And so by welcoming the stranger, we welcome Christ. There's an old reflection about hospitality from Ireland, and it goes like this. We saw a stranger yesterday. We put food in the eating place, drink in the drinking place, music in the listening place. And with the sacred name of the triune God, he blessed us and our house, our cattle and our dear ones. As the lark says in her song, often, often, often goes the Christ 
in the stranger's guise. Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you for your unconditional love and your unfailing hospitality. Help us to embody your compassion and demonstrate neighbourly love to your children in need of sanctuary. Teach us what it looks like to be the perfect host. Help us to build bigger tables in our community and help us to create a place of welcome. gospel reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 2 and reading from verses 13 to 23. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up! and take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. Get up, hurry, take the child and his mother to Egypt. That's what the dream told Joseph. Joseph. 
and you can feel the fear and you can sense the urgency there. The account of Joseph, Mary and Jesus fleeing to Egypt at night is followed by the horrific account of the tragic slaughter of the innocent and shows us how necessary that this fearful journey to safety was. The reference to the prophecy of Rachel weeping for her children gives voice to the need for lament for all those whose lives have been tragically lost, often without notice. The escape to Egypt is the story of a father and mother who live in fear of what might happen to their young family. A parent will do all they can to get their child to a place of safety. And it's interesting to note how fear not only prompts the initial flight to Egypt, but also prevents them returning where they were initially sent. Because despite the initial directions to return to Israel, be given by the angel to a dream in a dream to Joseph, his fear holds him back from going there. And it is by another dream that Joseph is guided to Nazareth in Galilee. And so fulfills the prophet of God, prophecy of God, that and Joseph is not forced to go beyond his fear. In this story, we see the fear inflicted by the trauma and violence. We're invited into the fear of forced migration. Fear for a young, fledgling family, vulnerable to the violence of the world. And sadly, very sadly, this is a story that's echoed through the ages my own ancestors fled from violence to this country in the 1840s. And it still goes on. It goes on today. And it's experienced by too many people throughout the world. And we're going to hear one of those and see one of those stories now. We pray for people right now who are being forced to flee. Meet them on the road and protect them and guide them to safety as they travel. We think especially of those migrants who have lost their lives in the last couple of weeks. We pray for provision of regular food, clean water, and safe accommodation. We ask that you bless the homes that they come to inhabit. Let them be places where they can find peace and joy and build new memories. We pray for all in authority for political leaders, advisors, and decision makers. Keep them aware of the causes of migration and flight so that the refugees are offered for the protection and dignity 
that they need and they deserve. And that the rules of residency are based on human rights and compassion. And we ask these prayers in Jesus' name. So we're coming to our, our part where we're going to look at our prayers in a different way today. When you came in, you should all have been given a piece of paper. Like this and a pencil. And we're looking at turning lament into hope. We would like to create something to visualize how hope emerges from our most difficult struggles. So I want you to take a few moments in silence to think about what might be causing you to lament today. It may be the topic we're thinking about. It may be something else completely, but something that's causing you to lament today. And what we're going to do is I want you to write down your prayer on this piece of paper. And then when you're ready, I'm going to ask you to tear your paper up into pieces. And then at the back of the hall, you will find the word hope written. And I want you to stick them on like a mosaic so that we are making something beautiful out of something sad, that something grows out of our lament today. So in just in a few moments of silence, think about something that is on your heart, your lament today, and then write it down. And when you're ready, tear it into small pieces and then add it randomly onto the letters for hope at the back of the hall.
Thank you. Just uh, say a few words while people are finishing up the mosaic. A really powerful song that, so thank you to the music group for singing that. Do read the words uh, by John Bell. I just, um, this is fairly impromptu because people are still at the back, but I want to really tie up uh, what's happening with, with our theology, really, our Christian theology. And um, there's a lot, because of Refugee Week, there's loads of programs on TV. I don't know if you've watched them. There's a program about Northern Ireland with the different voices. I watched one last night about the Jews uh, of what used to be Babylon in Iraq who were persecuted uh, and sent back to um, Israel. And uh, basically, um, when Palestine was taken and uh, Israel was formed, uh, the Arab nations um, felt very bad about how the Palestinians had been treated, so they reacted in revenge for that and started persecuting the Jews uh, in Iraq. And they were then moved back to Israel. And you have this, what I call, cycle of violence that happens, where one group of people are persecuted, they feel resentful, and they then persecute another uh, um, group of people and it just happens throughout history and these situations are so complex and so difficult and um, a well-known historian called uh, Jarou said actually he wasn't a Christian but he felt the cross was the answer not just to, to individual salvation but to the history of the world because actually Jesus was dying not for our anger but for the anger of people to stop the anger from one people to another and uh, the non-violence to stop that cycle of violence. Um, so our faith has a huge amount to say about uh, the refugees and situation. And thank you for your prayers, because this is absolutely wonderful. So, so let's pray. Holy God, you are our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. We thank you that you hear our prayers and that you will never leave us or forsake us. And even when we lose sight of you, you never lose sight of us. We bring before you our lament, our troubles and our worries. And we pray that you transform our lament into hope and breathe new life into us. Give us the courage to care and support others. Amen. Amen. And we gather our prayers together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Do not bring us from the time of trial, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Praise and thanksgiving be to you, God of all. For by the cross, eternal life is ours, and death is swallowed up in victory. In the first light of Easter, glory broke from the tomb and changed the women's sorrow into joy. And from the, 
In the garden, the mystery dawned that he whom they had loved and lost is with us now in every place forever. And making himself known in the breaking of the bread, speaking peace to the fearful disciples, welcoming weary fishermen on the shore, he renewed the promise of his presence a new birth in the Spirit, who sets the seal of freedom on your sons and daughters. And before he was given up to suffering and death, recalling the night of Israel's release, the night in which slaves walked free, at supper with his disciples, he took bread and offered you thanks. He broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, broken for you. And after supper he took the cup, he offered you thanks, gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for all that sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. Holy God, as we break and hold this bread, we hold and offer to you our brokenness and that of our world, especially our migrant crisis. Help us to keep trusting you are there in the midst of all our brokenness, working to heal hurts, keeping hope alive, and making all things new. May all know welcome and hospitality in our homes, in our community, and in our city. Amen. Lord, unite us in this suffering. Broken things for broken people, holy things for holy people.
Uh, I'll say the blessing and then we'll have our rising closing song, which is We Are Marching to the Light of God. So invite you to stand and say the blessing to one another and to us and to those at home. May God bless us, our God, who called the world into being, who breathed us into life, who provides us with new strength. May God bless us, our God, whose love does not know borders nor walls, whose justice will come. Our God, who cast down the mighty from their thrones and lifts up the lowly. May God bless us, creator, redeemer, 